we do live in an interesting world, you know, where you may never know what's going to happen next. Uh, you may have plans for a week, and those plans get turned upside down. So, uh, you know, yes, if that gave me the idea, you'll see in your handout that there's nothing there. That's because it's Draw Your Own Picture Sunday. Uh, for those of you who are here, it is also Make Your Own Notes Sunday. You know, uh, because sometimes you need that creativity. And for some of us, okay, most likely not me, because I don't work always in a very linear, uh, detail-oriented fashion. Fashion, you know, you see a blank and you're, you're, you're intent on finding that word. And sometimes you miss the message. Not because I'm not intending to make point of that word, but because you're so intent on what what is that blank? How can I fill in that blank? And, and I've always been one of those that doesn't, I mean, I colored inside the lines because I know that's what you're supposed to do when I get correct. But I also don't always color inside the lines. We can get so caught up. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I had plans this week. In fact, when I sat down to finish the devotion this week, I even had my sermon text picked out last Sunday for today. I didn't do that one, though. And yeah, that's what I said, too. You know, and I had plans this week. And then I think, uh, by the grace of God, those plans got changed. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I had plans this morning. And then one of our police officers in town decided to, to, to come. Really thought donuts were today. <laughs> I said, no, next week. Uh, but our, our local police officer just needed time and space. And so, you know what? My door literally is always open. Not just for them, but for many. And, um, you know, and, and there's just life happens. But even as life happens, we need to be reminded of this, that Jesus is king. It's the truth of scripture, that he is king not just someday. He is king today. And, and if he's not king today, then we are people without hope. But if he is king today, then we do have hope. We do have a promise of truth. And the question of Scripture, when Paul is writing out the, the New Testament, as he's writing the letters, and Peter's writing it, and John, and so forth, even I would submit to some extent the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're answering the question, what does it look like to live under God's kingship now, as Jesus is the king? And not just Jesus as one day the king, but today, the king. What does that look like? And so I've been asking the question, what does the kingdom of God look like? Is it just future-oriented? We sing a song that talks about the future, the glorious day when he comes back. The fact that because of Christ that is in us, we have a, a hope for an arm. But I don't believe Jesus taught that it was just future-oriented. I think he said, there's something about the kingdom that is tangible right now, today, that you and I, if we submit to the kingship of Jesus, life is different. Life makes, is, is not the same. So we've been traveling on some of the stories of Jesus. This morning we're in the story found in the Gospel of Matthew, the 13th chapter, where he tells them another parable. 
the kingdom of heaven is like. And I just want to make the point that, uh, you know, I think it's pretty clear in my own thinking at least. Matthew uses the phrase kingdom of heaven to mean kingdom of God. Why did he do that? There's the big. I mean, it could have been, it was easier for the Jews to say the word kingdom of heaven than it was to use God's full name. But, but Matthew isn't trying to differentiate. He's saying, this is my terminology for the kingdom. Luke, Mark, most of the other writers talk about the kingdom of God. Matthew uses the phrase kingdom of heaven. The same. And he says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, but it grows, it is the largest of garden plants. <clears throat> becomes a tree so that even birds can find shade and rest in its branches. Or yet the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Leland, did you finally get some seeds in the ground this week? All righty. Uh, Art, are there seeds in your ground this week? Part of it, Bonnie, you're shaking your head, yeah? All right. And those of you farmers who are watching this, you know this was a good week to plant, you know, hopefully before the rain got in. And, and Jesus is talking about that. He's using the mustard seed. And, and, and some of us, if you're a very literal person, um, you, you will read this and say, though it is the, small, the smallest of all the seeds, and you go, yeah, right. Part of what Jesus is saying here is he's not being very literal. Okay? It was the smallest of the garden herbs that the Jews would. But it wasn't the smallest seed at the time necessarily. That's, that's, he's not trying to be literal. He's making a point. In fact, it becomes even more clear when you look at the yeast that he puts in, you know, about 60 pounds of flour. Have you thought about how many people can be fed with 60 pounds of flour and then you add uh, old bread, sour bread into that? Uh, we're talking 200, okay? Is that, what was his point that this, this woman was really loading 60 pounds? No, what he's saying is the kingdom of God shows up in surprising ways. The kingdom of God isn't always as easy to find out. That sometimes size doesn't matter. That, that when you're looking for the kingdom, don't always look for it in the normal ways. He uses a mustard seed. He picks up on an allusion, I believe, to Ezekiel. That talks about how God was going to plant a tree. And it was going to be this great cedar tree. And the birds of the air would find comfort and rest in that tree. And here, Jesus, I think, is alluding to this. Yes, the mustard bush is not as big as the cedar tree. Even I know that. But he says there will be birds who can find rest. Nina reminded us of the great birds of Jesus Christ. Doesn't even God look at the birds of the air, the sparrows, and takes care of them? Find your rest in Jesus. If you submit to Jesus as King, finding your rest in Him means you, you don't go chasing after everything the world has to offer. You can take on what He says, fulfilling the commandments of loving God and loving others. And there can be rest. Yesterday, I, I did a funeral. 
uh, number 10 for the year for me. Um, and I was talking with Barton and I was saying, I've done a quarter of their funerals or grave sites this year, just this calendar year. Uh, and, and, and I'll tell you, there's two reasons I do that. One, I figure if every time Roxanne calls and it's a community person, that counts for them staying away from the rest of you. Okay? And I like you. So they get, you know, I mean, it's not that I don't like you, but I want them to stay away from you. Uh, you know, I don't want you to go to Mark and Roxanne's uh, or an overnight stay or so. Um, you know, that's, that sounded pretty bad. All right, but you get it. You know, secondly, where where does the kingdom show up? Where do I believe the kingdom shows up? When someone is in mourning. They need the life of the world. They need somebody who has hope to go in. And so, uh, I mean, Roxanne jokes that I always answer her phone calls. I said, I can ignore them next time. You know? But, but we, as the people of God, historically God's people who believed that God was king, that Jesus was king, we didn't run away from the darkness. We ran into the darkness to say, there is someone who has hope. There is someone who can help you to carry the burdens of grief, of loss. And as many of you know, when loss happens, it's a dark Your world is turned upside down. And I believe that is where the kingdom of God comes in. But you and I have to be willing to go there. And that means that we submit to Christ and go, I'm open to when you want to just ruin my schedule or something maybe seemingly insignificant. Because as we see in these two parables, Small acts can change quote-unquote big things. Something small like a mustard seed can turn into something where, where birds can kind of find shade. A small act of putting yeast or old bread into new bread can feed more people than you would think. So what small thing will you do? We all can admit our world is messed up. I don't know what's anybody. I don't care where, where you are. You may not even be a Christ follower. You, you admit our world is messed up. There's evil in our world. There are things that aren't right in our world. Injustices of our world. Something has to change. We about Everybody admits that there needs to be change. But, but what I want to say to us, Let's not be looking for those big changes necessarily. Let's look and start with the small things. See, we as God's people, sometimes the fool is when we live in these days, when we see what is wrong with the world, we, we start looking for a cataclysmic event known as Jesus' second coming. And we ought to. I'm a firm believer in the second coming of Jesus. I believe in a literal second coming where, where Christ will call his church out. But can I tell you, that's not the cataclysmic events that we ought to focus on. We ought to focus on the cataclysmic events that truly did change everything, and it is the event of the cross. Because it is because of Christ uh, living and, and being crucified and rising again that makes that second one even possible. But that pales in comparison if we see what the cross is, if we 
see that on the cross there truly was that king that changed all kingdoms. There is the king that is a king now. The small act created big changes. So though I pray as I Lord, come, come quickly as the prayer scripture of Revelation, come, may not come, O Lord. I also need to remind myself that he did come and that changes everything. That my hope is not just in a second coming. My hope is actually firmly rooted in the first coming because of who Jesus is. That act of him coming changes my life today which makes that second coming possible. But I can go about being a mustard seed. Planting Something small. I can't do it for all the birds. Not a bunch of birds can get into a mustard bush. But some can. I can't feed 500 people with flour. But I can feed 100 or maybe 5, depending on how hungry Josiah is on that day, right, Josiah? Uh huh. You know? I, I might not have time for everybody. But I have time for some time. What about you? Are you looking to change the big things? Maybe even in your life. Are you hoping God's just going to do those big things? And we have our list of big things. I haven't. We have this list of big things. And I wonder, part of what we need to hear about the kingdom of heaven is God's not just interested in the big things of transformation. He also wants the little things of transformation. So start small. So let me ask, where are you being transformed? Or are you? If you're just hoping to be transformed in those big areas of life, you're missing an opportunity for the kingdom of God to intersect with your life today. I, I know in my work, and, and maybe uh, Pastor Paul and Sue who can remember uh, if they've not walked out in retirement, the work they had with the clients, you know, that come in their, their doors. Sometimes my work is not to tackle the big things first. It's those little things. Why? Little things add up. A change here provides motivation for there. And sometimes when you work on something that seems insignificant and unrelated, it knocks out the bigger issue. Not cool, but someone. So how can you and I live this out? Well, one, be open to the little things. The little things where God says, I want that. Secondly, be open to the little things in other people's lives. See, we, we might see their big issue, and we want to tackle that big issue. Because we want bigness to be there. We want a major transformation. I'm guilty of this. Okay? I'm guilty of that. But maybe what we need to have them do is we need to start planting those little mustard seeds. Put in that little bit of that yeast that changes something great. We can get discouraged with some of that. Jeff and I were talking, you know, uh, mowing lawns. You know, he, he, it takes him two and a half, he said, hours or so, something like that. You know, it doesn't take me nearly as long. But one of the great things I love about mowing the yard when I do it is I can always see what I've done. 
Okay? I, I made the past and I know where I was. Because there's so much of my work in life that I just don't even know. I can be, I can have a full day. I could, I could say lots of what I would think is important things, and I can look back at the end of the day and go, nothing. I can't see anything. But we start to create those seeds. And this is where Jesus, I think, said it right in other ways. He said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. We've learned on Wednesday nights that a little too much salt just sours everything. But just enough works. So we don't need big acts, always. Sometimes it is this consistent, small acts that make a difference. Prime example for us is the church. We started about a year and a while ago a small act, or what we thought would be a small act of feeding people once a week. And it's been that consistent time where people consistently get a small meal. And sometimes some will take a little too small of a meal. We can hit ours. Alright? To figure out portions. You want to know how many conversations have been able to take place because of that. Some of you are watching us because of that. The relationship has been formed by a small meal. The fact that uh, the Lord continues to uh, provide in small ways and large ways. As we got a donation again this week that was like, whoa! I mean, I knew where it came from, but where did that come from? God takes care of it. But he doesn't take care of it just in those large donations, but every single penny and dollar, that, that little cookie that you provide, makes a difference. So we continue on. We continue on making a difference. We continue to live out the kingdom today. This is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about the fact that the kingdom can be lived out today. That, that there is hope. That it is not just someday, but it is today. That today you can make a difference. Well, may I maybe just give you some suggestions that will trigger something else? How about if you smile and wave at somebody just as you can? You never know where that conversation may have. You may not want to know where that conversation will have. Well, what about that? What about that note to somebody? That note to say, I'm thinking of you. I'm being reminded of you. Maybe it is that phone call. Maybe it is making that uh, dessert for your neighbor and just putting it on their door. Maybe it's going to be using of your resources, giving of your time, so that others know they matter. They are valuable to you. And that is the kingdom of God. It's not always mysterious, but I will tell you, when we start living it out in small ways, and yes, those large ways, a surprising thing will happen. God will show up, and he will show up. Something will happen. Because just like in this story, 
in these stories here, that vow, that little bit of yeast, changed the whole batch. That little bit of mustard seed became the home for the birds later on. What will we plant now? The seed, the mustard seed, the yeast. Where will you start to live out the kingdom today? See, we're coming to this time of communion. We're coming to a time where we are reminded of the already not yet portion of, uh, of the kingdom. We are in the kingdom of God if we are in Christ. That is the reality today. He, has, he is the king today. Not just someday, but right now. He's king over all right now. Even when we don't see it, it is true. But he also, because of his kingship, can say, I'm coming back. Are you ready? Are you ready for me? One of his other times when he talked about uh, coming back, he, he talked about uh, loving one another, sharing a cup of cold water, visiting the sick, visiting the prison, and people say, I, I, when were you there, Jesus? When were you not clothed? He said, when you've done it to the least of these, I think being the least of the world, but also the least, which is the body of Christ. If you look out for one another's needs, you did it to me. And so we live it out. We don't just wait. We don't just pray about his second coming, but we ought to do those things. We live it out in acts of service. So that's with our lives. We'll intersect with others' lives, and we get to say, there's someone who loves you more than you can ever imagine. And so we come to this 